Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. Geet overjoyed to be joined today by Shakila Hill. Um, look, she, I'm, I'm, I, I don't tell y'all often, right? But I am a straight up Gremlin Knight. I'm from Gremlin. I love Gremlin, and I have a Gremlin legend on the line with me today, and I'm geeked about it. Um, she is the 2018 SWAC Tournament MVP. If you don't know who she is, go through your um, ESPN, like, just go through their feed, right? And you'll see the first woman who drops a quadruple double, not only once, but then twice. And not only twice, but then a third time uh, in her professional career. Um, You have to know who she is. She is a phenomenal athlete. She speaks a lot for, for women's sports. She is a basketball phenom, and we are blessed to have her on the line. How you doing, Shakila? I'm great. That was like one of the best introductions I've ever gotten. I appreciate that. I'm good though. Cool. I'll send it to you after the show. <laughs> Yo, um, you've been playing in Serbia for a while. Um, how are you enjoying being back home after a successful time in Serbia? Um, I'm actually enjoying it a lot. I said um, the air even feels different. Um, I'm happy to be back. I'm kind of adjusting to the sleeping schedule, um, but I'm really, really glad to be back and around my family. I came back in like November and for like a week, so it really didn't feel the same, but I'm really, really glad to be back. That's awesome. Look, um, I, you know, we, we following you online. I saw your mama spraying down everything you touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. I'm adjusting to that, um, to kind of, you know, kind of, I had roommates, but basically living by yourself. And now um, I'm with my mom and she's, well, and my brother and my stepdad. And yeah, she's kind of like OD, you know, like when you go to college yep. and you come back, that's kind of what I feel like. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> like you got dishes in the sink, you got this. Yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> oh, man, man. <laughs> Look, um, so you were, you were in Serbia. I, I want to ask you about. Um, I want to ask you about why you chose to go play overseas. You had a remarkable um, career at Grambling. Um, I'm gonna I'm spit out some facts for them so they understand. It's like 15.7 points, um, 7.2 rebounds, um, 4.7 assists, 3.8 um, steals. That's um, that's kind of where you were when you were in Grambling, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes, and after that, right, and then all the the quadruple doubles, the the national media, all that stuff. Um, no WNBA selection, but then you decide, hey, look, I'm going to go play overseas. What motivated that? What motivated you to go play overseas? Um, actually, after the no WNBA selection, I took a break. I was done. Not really a break. I just, I was done. Um, in my head, it was kind of like, you know, a slap in the face. But my little brother, um, he was going to Cleveland State, and he ended up transferring. And it was like all the attention that I feel like he should have gotten when he left high school you know he got when he transferred and now he's at the University of Florida he redshirted this year but he'll be playing next year and that was kind of my motivation kind of like delayed but not denied like you know he Cleveland State was a D1 yet it's still but it wasn't 
the type of program I felt like he deserved to be playing with, with his skill set. But, you know, he persevered through all of that and then ended up getting, you know, offers from SEC schools, Big Ten. He just had offers from everywhere, you know. And so, for me, it was like, okay, if your little brother is doing this, that means you can still push through whatever adversity you have and you might come out the same. Why did you choose Serbia? Um, I, I know possibly there's other places to go, but you chose Serbia. Why Serbia? Well, Serbia really chose me. Um, <laughs> I had a um, like a a set um salary. I had a set um, like things that I wanted, and they were the first ones to abide by it. And plus, it was kind of late in the signing period because I signed. Well, I decided I was going to play basketball again, maybe in like late July. Um, early August um, and I signed in September which is late like you know teams are coming in September and August that's when they're going to their destination so um, they were the first ones to kind of abide by what I wanted and so I kind of jumped at the opportunity not to wait too late and then have to wait till December to sign with the team. I heard you went to like a training facility in Minnesota um, how, is that true and then if, if so how was that experience? Um, yes, I went to game face training. Um, it was actually really great. Um, the number one player in the country, like for basketball, women's basketball actually trains there. Um, it was totally different. They gave me like a weight training thing. They gave me like, um, speed and agility training. It was just totally different from what I was used to. Mind you at Grambling, we had all of that, but you know, you still had to go to school. You had other things to do when here, like, you know, you're a professional or you're trying to get to a professional level. So that's really the only focus. So it was totally different, but it definitely helped me a lot also because they kind of pushed me, you know, into doing it, you know, like, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. If you want to be this, you want to be that. So I really appreciated them for, you know, taking the time out of their days daily because I was going daily <laughs> um, to help me get to where I wanted to. Talk to me about playing abroad. What's the experience like for you playing in Serbia, playing away from the States? Um, it was actually really, really great. Um, I stayed in a small town called Kralivo, and that's like the name of our team. And um, it was really great. You know, the year before, they didn't do that good. So this year, they were winning. We had a lot of fans. I was like, you know, known around the town. The kids loved me. It was really like a really nice experience. The only bad thing I can say like the only negative that I had was there isn't that many black people and so um me and my teammate were probably the only two black people in the entire town and Serbia doesn't have that many black people either so coming from you know HBCU and then right at off the bat I'm going to somewhere that doesn't have that many black people it was kind of a real real big culture shock also it was a real big um like a humbling situation because for me um I, I don't like when people stare, and so people stared a lot because, you know, they're not used to seeing black people. So I had to kind of adjust my attitude to be like, you know, people aren't, you know, just staring, trying to be rude. They just really haven't seen black people before. So it's some um, brand new to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, so um, I, I told you earlier before when we talked, I went to India Um and it was my first time going overseas. Like, that was my first time going overseas. And when I went over there, people stared at me, too. And I'm just not used to it. <laughs> right, right, 
<laughs> I'm just not used to it. I'm used to being ignored. But um Yeah, that's what it is. Like, you know, walking past people and it's regular and then you know, here it's like, okay, you go in a grocery store and everybody's looking at you as you're walking past. They're tapping on their friends, they following <laughs> you to the next row. It's like, okay, no, this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you're a star, you gotta get used to that. Right. So they say. <laughs> <laughs> so they say. <laughs> Talk to me about some things that came with ease for you while you were over there. Um, getting to know people. Um, also, you know, like I said, the kids, like for Gramlin, as far as Gramlin, um, you know, when everything kind of took off for me, I had a lot of fans that were kids and, you know, getting to know a lot of people, you know, that you probably didn't know before. And so um, that was really easy to me adjusting to, like, you know, the kids taking pictures after the game, the kids DMing you on Instagram. And then also I kind of had um, a couple of interviews out there. So mind you, I don't know any Serbian. I know, like, a couple words, like basics, but not, like, any Serbian. And so um, things that came easy to me was interviewing, although I don't know what they're saying. So um, <laughs> that's um, that's pretty much it. And more so adjusting to the team, even though, you know, they weren't, well, we had one other black person before, like, she got sent home and they sent another one. But I feel like I adjusted to the team and kind of fit in really fast. So you were coming in, um, you, you told me earlier, you, talking to your coach was like a no-go. How how was that? Like, how was getting information from your coach? How was getting information um, uh, from your teammates to try to understand what, what coach wanted you to do? Um, initially, it was kind of hard um, because... <laughs> my well Serbians you know people say Serbians are crazy and that is indeed true so my coach was kind of <laughs> different um he was kind of like really hard really rough like you know and the word I would use is rude but he's not rude but you know me coming off so I didn't like him initially when I first got there so it was really hard for me to get information from him because like I felt like we both had kind of attitudes towards each other we actually had a meeting because of it um, and the meeting didn't go good, <laughs> but as the year progressed, um, it was more so like, you know, he would say something and my teammates would translate everything he said, and then I would kind of get the information. But towards the end of the year, we kind of, well, now we're extremely close, but it took a while for us to actually, you know, gel together and get that coach and point guard relationship as I had with Coach Murray. Talk to me about the, what's the level of competition there? Um, we played in two leagues, actually. We played in the Serbian League, and then we played in the Waba League. Um, the Serbian League, I would not say is – well, the Serbian League is nowhere near as close to as hard as the Waba League. But the Waba League has also, like, Euro Cup teams and teams that play, you know, um, on a regular basis, I would say, um, WNBA players on a regular basis. The Serbian League is more so you would have maybe out of – 12 teams it's either 10 or 12 teams you would only have like four or five that are extreme top level and then you have four or five that you know are kind of like young and kind of they're skilled and they're talented but they're not as talented as my team or four other teams if that makes sense so here's my question somebody who's going to play overseas, they're coming to you, they're, they're asking you about it, and they say, hey, um, Shakila, can you give me some advice? Um, I'm, I'm headed to play overseas. I want to I wanna at least think about it. I'm considering it. Should I do it? Um, and, and if I do it, how should I train and how should I prepare myself to go over? What would you say to them? 
Um, first, they have to be um, mentally prepared. You have to be mentally prepared to probably not talk to your family um, as much as you do. Um, in my case, I was seven hours ahead. So right now, it being one o'clock, about to be one o'clock in Arkansas, it's eight o'clock over there. And so I kind of just woke up. So it would be now, um, we would probably be at dinner, then it'd be time to go to sleep, you know what I'm saying? So you would not be able to talk to your families days at a time. And you should train three times harder as you do um, as far as here. Like in Grambling, we had like morning practices and we were done for the day. You know, you could work out, you could do whatever. If you had weights that day, you know, um, there you would do um, weights in the morning then you'd do running after weights, and then you'd have like an hour and a half break, then you'd have practice, then you'd have another running practice, and then that night you would have practice again. Like, you know, and it was a full day schedule, except for like, you know, where you eat and maybe go for a coffee. That's what they say often. <laughs> but yeah, you have to train three times harder, and you also have to be mentally prepared to know, like, you know, you don't have um, the shoulders or the people to cry on or the support system. You might have it, but it doesn't feel the same. Like, um, like when I got my third quadruple double, you know, I'm overseas and I'm used to, when I got my first two, it was like, you know, I went back to my room, you know, we partied with my friends, my family was there, you know, it was like a super duper big deal. Mind you, it was still a really, really big deal there, but I feel like it didn't feel the same because my family and my friend, like my home friends weren't there, you know, to experience it with me. So, yeah, the first thing is you really have to be mentally prepared to be by yourself and you have to be mentally prepared to know that you have to get through that entire season. You know, you're making money and money's rolling in, but you still know that you're by yourself every day. You won a championship over there, didn't you? Yes, yes, we won the Serbian Cup. Yes. How'd that feel? Um, That was an amazing feeling. Um, Like I said, their team wasn't that good the year before. And so um, it was the first one in um, Kylie team history, like, you know, the city's history. And so it was really, really a big deal. And it was also a big deal for me because it was my first year. And, you know, I feel like I'm used to being an underdog and, you know, people, you know, expecting expecting me to lose, I guess. And so it was great to actually come out on top. And we were actually first in the league, and our playoffs were supposed to start in two weeks. Like, the Serbian Cup and the playoffs are totally different. And our playoffs were supposed to start for two weeks, but um, Corona's going around, so they postponed our season. <laughs> so, that's the thing, right? Coronavirus is, is stopping a lot of stuff around, and nobody knows how everybody's being impacted. This is the way you're being impacted, but your training schedule is being impacted, too. How right, what, are you, what are you doing to kind of keep yourself up? Um. Well, actually, I, well, I got home Wednesday. Um, I slept <laughs> on Thursday. And yesterday, um, I slept, too. But um, that's something <laughs> I was actually just talking to my little brother about. Um, my stepdad's in the military, and the Air Force Base um, just closed down the gym. So we're kind of, we have, like, a little court in our backyard, but it's not efficient enough for me to get the work in that I need. So, Actually, we're really looking for a place where we can officially, like, you know, work out, lift weights, and do what we need to do and still be productive. Okay. In that league, these are your stats right now. You're looking at 13.3 points a game, 8.1 rebounds, 6.3 assists. You're a point guard. What's your (laughs) rebound game like right now? And how is that happening? Um. 
actually, I tell what well, my teammates always tell me. I have a great feel for the ball. And now that I think about it, um, I think that's really true. You know, I can see a shot go up and I can know where it's going to go or, you know, what's going to happen. And then you also add in the fact that I'm kind of um, athletic, like freakishly athletic to be so small. It kind of, you know, works out. Hopefully it continues to work out. You know, people always say, well, I had a teammate, actually. She, um. When she first came in, she was like, you know, I don't see how it happens or how you do that. And then she was like, okay, well, we kind of need you to do that. So it's okay. You just keep it up. And so, yeah, hopefully I can continue to do that. But I feel like I just have a great feel for the ball and where where it's going to end up when it misses the rim. I'm going to say some names for you and you tell me if you know who they are, okay? Okay. All right. Nate Thurman, Elvin Robertson, Hakeem Olajuwon. David Robinson. What's what's special about those guys, do you know? Um, they're all the guys that got quadruple Talk to me, I know she know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> all right, but even all those guys only did it once. You've done it three times. Twice in college, once as a professional. Um what what's okay, tell me either what or who is so responsible for you having such a beautiful all around game. Um, let's give a shout out to God because, (laughs) (laughs) um, and also my brothers, that's really who I credit, um, me doing so much because I have three brothers. And so, you know, as the only girl, you know, we used to play growing up, I had to do other things besides score because I mean, I wasn't the tallest, I wasn't the fastest. So I had to do other small things to make sure, um, that they picked me up. And then also, you know, um, my mom, my mom used to always be like, you know, you never let anyone outwork you, you never let nobody go harder than you. And so I feel like that's a lot of the times where the quadruple doubles come from, because I feel like my motor, as far as a basketball player, is unmatched. Like, although I might be, you know, better than you or more skilled than you, at the end of the day, you're still not going to outwork me. I'm still going to go hard. I'm still going to give 120%. And so I feel like that's where a lot of, like I said, my reboundings, my steals, um, sometimes even my assists because I'm working so hard and it just kind of falls into place. When you were leaving Grambling and it was time for you to start going into that draft process, during that moment, during that time, what were you hearing from scouts? Um, I actually thought I was going to be drafted. Um, and a lot of the draft boards, they had me being drafted. So I really wasn't, like, too concerned with, like, you know, the draft or whatever. But I didn't have an agent also. So um, I really wasn't too concerned because I kind of knew it was going to happen. And so when it didn't happen, it was kind of like a like a shock. But I'm like, okay, I know people get picked up for training camps, you know. So I'll get picked up for a training camp for sure. Like, you know, that wasn't a doubt. It was never a doubt on my mind that I would have made a team. And then I didn't. And that was like, okay, yeah, I'm done with this. So, like, did, did somebody give you a reason or a possible understanding of why that would happen? No, I didn't speak well when I, I didn't have an agent. And so when I got the agent that I do now, um, he was, he had sent out a thing. And so he said when he had sent out his thing initially, even though I hadn't signed with him, this was like before the draft, like maybe in like January ish, he got a lot of responses or whatever. And so he said how he feels is maybe because I didn't have representation, you know, like nobody was like, you know, constantly putting my name Mm. in the bucket and, you know, and then they also didn't know who to contact. So it was like, you know, 
I was kind of, I kind of fell through the cracks because I didn't have anybody advocating or pushing for me if, you know, my name needed to be brought up in a certain conversation. Do you feel like because of the national attention, you felt like, you know, they know my name. They don't, I may not need that. Um, yes and no. Um, I feel like initially that was like my mindset, but I felt like, um, like my junior year, I felt like I should have got player of the year for the swag. Um, it was a big discrepancy, mm. you know, all over social media mm-hmm. about it. And so, um, I remember my dad telling me, um, you know, um, you left it up to choice. You know, you left people, you know, the possibility to think it was somebody else. And, you know, they gave it to somebody else because you didn't follow through. So as far as me, I was thinking that. But then I was also every day when I got on the court, I'm like, okay, I got to show that I belong, you know, like everybody else. Like I didn't want that to happen again for player of the year. I didn't want that to happen again for the league. I wanted to make sure that I gave my all in every aspect. So if I did miss or if I did like, you know, not make it, I couldn't say, okay, I could have did more or I should have did this. How much you mentioned humility before, and and I love that because sometimes you know humility is something you mentioned. God, you was when I first asked you the question, you said, "Let's give a shout out to yeah. God." And you know how God works with humble people; like He loves humble yeah. people. You know, um, how much of your humility goes into your story right now, and then how much of that fuels you um, as you're still th- striving towards getting to the WNBA? Um, a lot. I'm trying to, you know, stay humble as far as, you know, what I did in college and what I also feel like, you know, I've done overseas. But then, (laughs) um, you know, speaking on my agent, he said sometimes, you know, you do kind of need to brag on yourself. Sometimes you do need to, you know, um, you know, let the world know, like, you know, I'm here, I'm doing this for this person or against this person, you know, and kind of put your name out there. So like you said, you can't be forgotten if you're constantly reminding people who you are. And so, um, my journey to the league is definitely, I feel like this year, way different than last year. Cause last year, like I said, I kind of let it, I kind of knew it was going to happen. So I kind of sat in like, you know, the back seat and, you know, let it. And now I'm trying to, you know, make it happen, make sure it happens. But you know, Corona's kind of messing up a lot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But look, we're going to, we're going to fight through this thing together. We'll get through it together. Talk to me about the, okay. So I know with the NFL, they make sure now, right, they, they even have a day where they let all the guys from, you know, HBCUs work out together, and they, they go and they see that, right? Um, yeah. And I don't know if the WNBA is there yet where where they're paying attention to almost every single league around and every single college and school around. Um, how do you think they value the level of competition in the SWAC? Um, I feel like they don't value it at all, actually. Um, And a lot of people, you know, when I hear their, like, you know, feedbacks on as far as why I didn't get to the league, and these are, like, personal, you know, opinions, not, like, stuff I'm reading, but people that, like, you know, I know they're saying, you know, it's because you played in the SWAC and they don't think anything of the SWAC. I feel like HBCUs are very undervalued um, as far as, people thinking about their skill set um they have a combine for the WNBA and it's like all schools and um I went to two of them last year actually and I don't I think one of them had HBCU players and then one of them like had none like no HBCU players and so um 
yeah, I feel like they don't really, you know, value us or look at us the same. And that's really why I'm trying to kick the door down. I mean, I'm trying to kick the door down for me, too, <laughs> because I feel like I deserve it. But I'm trying to kick the door down so, you know, people understand, like, you know, your school of choice does not, like, you know, dictate your future. Like, just because I chose to go to a school surrounded by people that look like me and talk like me does not mean I'm not as skilled as the girl that's going to UConn. Like, you know, that makes no difference. Like, I will still bust her up. Like, I'll bust anybody in the swag up. So I feel like, you know, that's my main goal as far as getting to the WNBA. Like, you know, I'm doing this for me and my family, but I'm also doing it, you know, for the little girl that has dreams and aspirations to get to the league, but she also wants to go to Bayou Classic and be a part of Gramlin's, you know, legacy. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to keeping that door down. Are you talking to those little girls? I know they're I know they're following you and I know they come to the games and wanna to, wanna to take pictures with you. Are you are you holding counsel with those girls? Are you talking to them? Yes, I hold conversations often. Um <laughs> little kids can tell you my Instagram DMs are open to all children. I talk to kids probably more than I talk to adults, um, daily about, you know, things they wanna do, where they wanna go. You know, I try to get kids to go to HBCUs, you know, if they have a you know, opinion about an HBCU or whatever, even if it's not Grambling, you know, I'm still advocating for HBCUs. And, you know, I'm still reaching out to coaches as far as, you know, on other kids. I feel like I'm also a scout, you know, at the same time. Um, and I plan on having a camp. Well, I planned on having a camp. Um, it depends on how this corona's, you know, going. But I plan on having a camp in my hometown in Little Rock. Well, I'm from Jacksonville. But in Little Rock. And then I also plan on having a camp in Grambling. But, you know, I'm kind of playing everything by ear right now, waiting on, you know, what the world is going to do about this um, virus. And you're actively looking for, for um, little girls to help. Like, you're actively looking for people yes, to help. Yes, 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 um, if And maybe I feel like more so they know that because, you know, it'll be like one little girl that'll reach out and then maybe she'll tell her friends and then it's like six of them in my DMs, you know, like, oh, what do I need to work on? What did I need to do? Like, in Serbia, um, for me, it was, I feel like it was a totally different experience because little girls there, like, you know, when they're growing up, they don't really have anything. I don't know if it's anything else to do, but it's like you're playing sports constantly, like you're playing sports constantly. And so they have like um, like a team. Every town like has a kid's team. So all the kids are playing like a specific sport, whether it's basketball or volleyball or soccer or whatever. And so because they play, you know, these sports, like when they're hearing about something, you know, it's teams full of girls coming to the you know, to the game. So, you know, they're DMing me, they're asking to work out, like they're very adamant about the things that they want and, you know, how they want to get to the next level because they're, I feel like it's such a big deal to, you know, get a scholarship and, you know, come to America compared to here where, you know, maybe it's like four or five girls out of a town compared to there when it's like 15 or 16 girls. Wow. Um, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know they played that much sports there. And and do you, do yes. they have American football there? Um, I in Serbia, the I think they do. I saw one of my teammates with a shirt on before, and I remember her ask. I mean, asking her about it, but I never saw it being played. Okay, okay. I gotta um. I'm gonna have to take a trip. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um, I want to know about the the WNBA and and why doesn't it itself actually get as much attention as the NBA, in your opinion? Um, I feel like it doesn't because people aren't 
as passionate about women's sports as they are about men's sports. But I think that, you know, dates back to way back in the day. Like, you can go under women's posts on ESPN, and you'll see men talking about making sandwiches and doing, uh, cleaning the kitchen, just rude and, you know, stupid stuff. But I feel like that also comes from, you know, men being scared of women having as much power as Mm. them. Because I feel like any grown man that's, like, sitting on the Instagram, like, you know, comment on pictures, like, for one, you have no life. But for two, I can put you up probably against any WNBA player and you wouldn't win. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like they know that. But it's still a disrespect thing. And that's, you know, another reason why I want to kick down the door because, like, I feel like women's sports needs to be advocated for so much more. And I feel like WNBA players, like, I feel like they are top tier as far as advocating for human rights. Like, you know, WNBA players are the first people to wear the shirts to advocate for gay rights, women's rights, men's rights, like, you know, anything. They're always the first ones. And so I feel like I want to join that also because they're so disrespected by the rest of the world. And they're the ones pushing for everybody in this world's rights. And I really, really appreciate, you know, the WNBA for letting them as far as like, you know, the NFL, Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, sometimes NBA, you know, teams have something to say about it. But the WNBA really lets people, you know, um, advocate for whatever they want, you know, speak their mind without any consequences. Yo, do you think there'll be a time when, when, and, and look, I know you've dealt with this personally. So the stuff that you're talking about, you've dealt with personally. Um, and, and I know people have asked you about it in multiple interviews because when, when ESPN put up your stuff, people start driving into those comments and saying all kind of rude stuff. And, and I know that's something you have to see and deal with. Um, but you have a strong support system. How does, how does your support system kind of help you get through stuff like that? Um, they actually helped me a lot. Um, for one, at first, the first quadruple double, um, I like argued with some people under ESPN because they were, for one, they were like, you know, you're playing in the swag and they were talking about the swag. And they're also talking about like, you know, she's a girl, she doesn't care. And so, um, you know, my mom was like, you got to stop going back and forth with miserable, miserable people. And then I also have my friends who are like always ready to go. Like they train to go. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> they're, they're under the pictures arguing with people back. So I don't have to. And so, yeah, my support system, you know, does a lot. And they know that, you know, women's um, sports. And I feel like any man that plays a sport and especially plays basketball knows how much work goes into women's basketball like we work just as hard if not harder than you do and we never get disrespect from men who know you know what goes into the game and the craft we get disrespect from men who sit on their couch and eat lays 24 7 watching the nfl and betting on games that they would never play in like we don't get disrespect from people that know what it takes to get to this point and so you know i had to learn that and i had to learn that every you know action that more so came from my mom too doesn't need a reaction like i don't need to comment to people that wouldn't you know stand in my shoes that could never even do what i did on a high school team yeah, you don't have to fight with those couch warriors. Because yeah. <laughs> you on their playing field, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And that's what's so crazy to me. Like, you know, when people were kind of downing me and they were going crazy, my mom was like, well, you know, if it was so easy to do, ask them why they didn't do it. And then, then she was like, you know, don't ask them. But, you know, like, think in your head, why they didn't do it? Why they sitting here arguing with you? You know, why they picture not up on there? And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Those are facts, facts. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you all day. Look, 
you told me um, about Gremlin, and and I just want before we end this, man, I just want people to understand what the coach at Gremlin is like, and, and what it's like for you to be almost like a queen there. You know what I mean? Because it matters <laughs> um, so much. Um, Gremlin is my heart. Like anybody that knows me knows, like you know, I'm talking about Gremlin every chance I get because I want every kid to experience what I experienced at HBCU, like from the football team to the basketball season to spring fest homecoming like every part of grant even classes i feel like <laughs> grambling kind of just not saved me because i mean i lived a great life but grambling was just a totally new experience for me and i'd relive it 30 times if i could just because of how much i loved being there how much i appreciated and you know i talk about my support system as far as my family and my friends but i feel like i got a bigger gremlin support system <laughs> than i do um you know family and friends like you know they'll post my like um mr ray higgins um he's in charge of gogremlin.com um he posted me the other day on his Facebook, you know, when I won the cup. And it got so many shares and so many congratulations from Grambling people. And that's why another reason why I feel like I owe Grambling so much and why I always advocate for them, why I always send kids their way, you know, why I always support, donate, whatever, because people supported me before I even had, you know, this name, before I even became Chicago Hill. You know, when I was in school, when I had trouble with classes, if, you know, I wasn't eating what was in the calf, you know, like, or just anything, you know what I'm saying? People always looked out. There was not a shoulder I could look over and somebody not be there if it wasn't, you know, my parents, you know, my parents were three hours away. And so I feel like, there's something you know some stuff you can't repay but there's some way that I can try to and that's why I will always you know be there for Gremlin I'll always talk about Gremlin because Gremlin you know was there for me you know college is a it's a great time but it's still a tough time it's a transitioning time you know for a young lady or a young man and I feel like Gremlin you know just helped me handle every adversity and every trouble I had with grace like it allowed me to grow as a young woman but it still, you know, put opportunities and, you know, even with the adversities, it put opportunities and, you know, situations in my face that made me, you know, grow even more. So I always have love and appreciation for Grambling, always. And they showed you those loves back at your games, don't they? Facts, 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 facts. They show me love every day. Miss um, Kilgore, she's a cafeteria, like she works in the cafeteria in the very, very front of the cafe. And she still tweets me to this day. She tweeted me today before we even got on the phone. So, yeah, like, it is love through and through from top to bottom. And that's why I just got to do so much to get to. And I feel like that's another reason why I want to make it to the league so bad. Because I feel like Gremlin deserves, like, you know, national attention as far as, like, you know, you got Chad and Trent and... Um, Martez. You said what? Martez Carter. Oh, yeah, Tez, and then somebody else, and Chester. Yeah, you got all of them in the league, you know, but you don't have anything for women. Like, you don't have any, you know, women in sports that are just up there, well, you know, all the way up there that has made it to the pinnacle and the top of their sport. So I feel like I want to do that just to prove, like, you know, Gremlin, we're the elitist of all sports. We're the elitist of all academics. We're just the best school in the slightly the best HBCU. That's by far, but I want to, like, Talk you know, that talk. Talk yeah, that talk. 
solidify that. Like, you know, I went to Grambling, you know, I wore black and gold. I spent my four years there and this is where it got me. You know, I didn't just stop at Grambling. Grambling propelled, propelled me to something so much bigger and, you know, so far forward. And it's crazy. I just want to do so much. Well, look, you absolutely have um, another support, you know, team over here. Um, anything you put out, like just let us know. We got you. Anything that <laughs> happens you. to you, we're gonna we're gonna let people know about it. Um, we absolutely love where you're headed. Love what you're doing. Um, and but we, here's another thing that we do. We are Christian based, you know, organization. We want to know how we can pray for you, um, going forward, and how the people who listen to us can pray for Shekala Hill going forward. So let us know how we can pray for you. Okay, and also I'm about to drop a website soon, and so um. A part of my website, you know, it's about me or whatever, but um, on my website, I had an idea, like, you know, I wanted to put, like, black-owned businesses, people that sell clothes, podcasts, you know, anything that they, you know, I feel like is black-owned and needed, like, you know, pub, I wanted to put that on my website. So, if you guys want me to put that on my website, I would definitely do that. And it would definitely be, like, my first feature, you know, when I drop the website, which is coming in, like, the next week. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Okay, okay, that's great. That's great. Absolutely. So, how how can we pray for you? Um, just pray that this next phase in my life is a positive one. I'm supposed to be moving to Dallas actually on Friday, mm. and just pray. You know, um, they do training camps and you know signings and the draft for the WNBA is coming up I believe I don't know how they're going to handle it with corona and you know the season's supposed to start you know immediately but just pray that that is a positive you know transition for me whether I get in or if I don't get in just pray that that is positive for me and I handle whatever is given to me in a positive way amen amen that's a definite we will do that Look, we thank you so much for joining us. This is a super big high for us. We thank you so much. Um, And we'll definitely let everybody know um, as much as we can about the stuff that's going on and and what type of athletes, special, freakish, (laughs) phenomenal athletes come out of Grambling State University. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. We out. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hello everyone. My name is Camille Grant, one of the co-founders of Purely Bachelorette. What we offer is a clean and fun bachelorette party box that is incorporated in bachelorette parties and bridal showers. Not only do we sell products for parties, we are also a community that strives to build each other up with relationship goals, sisterhood, and maturing in life with godly wisdom and advice. Come join us on our website, purelybachelorette.com, and our social media pages under Purely Bachelorette. God bless you and have a great day.